0: Hey, Valley family, welcome to week number four of our series that we're calling The Blessed Life. We're doing kind of a deep dive, in-depth study uh, of the Beatitudes. That's how they're commonly referred to. These key statements that Jesus made uh, in Matthew chapter 5... the Sermon on the Mount, which is actually Matthew 5, 6, and 7, but this is kind of like the summary, and then he unpacks it. And this is really the longest recorded sermon that we have in the Bible, uh, recorded for us of Jesus, uh, that he spoke to a great crowd. And, and really, as we learned in, in week number one, where I kind of introduced the idea is, this is like the, uh, the Constitution uh, is to the United States. That's what the Beatitudes is. It tells us what it means to be a follower of Christ, what he expects of us. Uh, what it means to be a citizen of heaven as we follow Jesus. And then uh, week number uh, two, Pastor Randy did a, a, a really fantastic job talking about blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And then last week, uh, my wife, uh, Susie, did just an incredible job uh, talking about blessed are they that mourn. You know, she, she's awesome. She is, and I could just think about it all day. But we need to move on anyway. But uh, uh, so, so if you have your Valley app, go ahead and open that up. And uh, we're going to pick up, uh, right where we left off, I want to talk about meekness, because that's what Jesus talks about next. There's a lot of misunderstandings about it, so uh, I hope you'll pay attention and fill in the blanks on your Valley app there. That's free in the app store if you haven't ever downloaded that before, and it will save that for you. So let's let's pick up Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 through 5. Jesus is speaking here, and again, he's talking about characteristics and qualities of his followers. In other words, he's saying, this is what I expect of you, Greg, because you call yourself a Christian. He's saying, This is what I expect of you because you say you're a follower of mine, of, of every one of his followers. And boy, if there was ever a time that we needed to be reminded of what he expects out of us, I, I think it's right now in the day and age in which we live. You know, because just because you have a cross around your neck doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just because just you go to church doesn't mean you're a Christian and any more than if you stand in your garage, it makes you an automobile. What makes you a Christian is that you have received Christ as your Savior through his sinless life, sacrificial death, and resurrection from the dead, and the Holy Spirit is transforming your life to look the way that Jesus said it's supposed to look. And so it doesn't even matter how much Scripture we can quote. If we can talk the talk, but we're not walking the walk, we're in trouble. And, and you know, I just, I just want to put it this way uh, Just even last week, I've had like three or four pastors that have reached out to me from all across the country. Because right now, pastors, and and I can't say I'm immune to this, are are really, really disillusioned as we are witnessing people in our church that we thought were grounded and, and Christ was at the center of their life just acting anything but a follower of Jesus what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're posting I think we need to be reminded this is what it means to be a citizen of heaven Jesus said blessed are the poor in spirit that recognize their own moral poverty for theirs is the kingdom of heaven that's what Pastor Randy talked about if you missed it, it's on our website I encourage you to go back and listen because these all build on one another Last week, as I said, my wife taught on, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. She talked about three different types of mourning, and really what this mourning is, again, is this this idea of mourning from our own personal depravity, that we can never please God. Nothing we do ever will. That's why Jesus came. We mourn over our selfishness. Our hearts break. And then he comforts us. And then he goes on and he says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. It's interesting, he doesn't say blessed are the powerful. He he doesn't say blessed are the the political maneuvers. He, He doesn't say blessed are the wealthy, blessed are the celebrities, all the things that our culture and country say, this is what it really means to really be the big stuff, the real stuff. He says blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. See, see, we don't use this word meekness very often anymore. I don't know, uh, maybe you have. I, I've never, you know, you, you never just go up to someone like, I'm really meek. I, I don't think anyone's ever put that on their resume qualities and character. Meekness. We don't even use the word that much anymore. But, but meekness is not weakness. That, that's not what he's saying here. Meekness, in fact, we're gonna find out, it's impossible to be meek if you're actually weak. It's a possibility. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness does not mean timidity. Weakness does not mean shy. In fact, let me put it this way. You'll see it in your notes. Meekness is impossible without the presence of strength. In other words, you have to have strength in order to even begin to be meek. You have to have some sort of strength, some sort of responsibility, some sort of sphere Some sort of authority or meekness is an impossibility. There must be strength first for there to be meekness. So real quickly, let me give you just just kind of uh, three different evidences of meekness. Three different evidences of of someone who is meek. The, The first one is this. A meek person is understanding, not demanding. A meek person is understanding, not demanding. A meek person is sympathetic. A meek person is compassionate, not... That is not meekness. That is totally contradictory to Jesus Christ if he's your Lord and Savior. Not demanding, understanding, compassionate. Compassionate. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Do nothing, nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In other words, it's not about you. It's not about you and yours. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. When you read the whole context of Philippians chapter 2, it's talking about the mindset that Jesus Christ had the mindset of a servant. That's who I'm, I'm, supposed to have that mindset, not because I'm a pastor, but because I name Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. I'm supposed to have a servant mindset. Every one of us is supposed to have that. So a meek person is understanding, not demanding. Second one is this, a meek person is a responder, not a reactor. Responds to situations in life, doesn't react to things that are happening around them. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This, 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 this kind of cues us in here. The word meekness in many English translations, meek is this word, is translated this word. We use this more gentleness. Gentle. The gentle will inherit the earth, the meek will inherit the earth. A gentle answer turns away, a meek answer turns away wrath, but harsh word stirs up anger. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Men, if, if you're married, would your spouse describe you as gentle? If Jesus is your savior, you're supposed to be. Or or would it be you're demanding? Or, Or would it be you're a reactor? A meek person is a responder, responds with a gentle answer. Parents, would your kids describe you as gentle? Do you respond to them or do you react to them? See, I think a lot of us have forgotten what Jesus expects of us. That's why we're spending this summer looking at these words in red, where Jesus says, the blessed life. This is what it means to be blessed not power, not position, not fame, celebrity. That's not the blessed life. The meek will inherit the earth. Here's a third evidence of meekness. A meek person is teachable, not unreachable. In other words, a meek person, I'll put it this way, is coachable, is open to have conversation, and is not defensive. A meek person won't shut you down. A meek person is, how can I get better? How can I improve? A meek person takes responsibility for their own actions. A meek person points the thumb instead of the finger. That's what Jesus said he expects of his followers. A meek person is teachable, not unreachable. James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, again, Christians, this is not to humanity. This is to Christians, men and women in the church. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and there it is again, slow to become angry. Are you quick to listen? Are you teachable? Are you coachable? Are you growing? (laughs) Or are you pointing the finger when you should be pointing the thumb? That's meekness. There has to be strength. It's impossible without the presence of strength to really be meek. You know, I, I love this whole idea of, of supposed to be gentle. And I'm not, I'm not preaching this message today saying that I've arrived and, and, and I'm deeply challenged as I've been studying this week on this subject of, of meekness because I know there's a whole lot more that God wants to do in Greg's life and my life on this topic, on, on this subject. I, I think about this whole idea of gentleness. You know, one of my best friends in all the world is, uh, well, he's a leader in our church, Chris Kelly. Chris is, uh, he, he's, not, he's, he's a trustee of our church. He's one on the board of elders of our church. He's an incredibly successful entrepreneur. You may not even know it if you talk to him because he's an incredibly meek guy. Strength under discipline, under control. Great strength. You have to have strength in order to be meek. What you may not know about Chris is Chris is also a seventh degree black belt in taekwondo and you wouldn't know that he, he is gentle he's a gentle man and, and when I think I'm not saying Chris is perfect and he's probably going to be really embarrassed that I'm even talking about him but but when I think about meekness I think about Chris Kelly he's gentle he has incredible strength. I mean, he could, he could mess up a lot of stuff with that seventh degree black belt. I think it only goes up to nine, so he's a master. But he's gentle. That's meekness. See, Jesus actually, he gave an invitation. Jesus' meek invitation to you and to me. To all of his followers, Jesus actually invited you and me to be meek. And to follow his example of meekness. Look at what he says here in in Matthew chapter 11. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Are you heavy laden? Are you worn out by all all that's going on? (laughs) You know why we're so worn out? Because we are control freaks, which is the opposite of being meek. That we'll see in just a minute. Quarantine." Pause. Work from home. All this, all these things that are happening now—you know, unrest in the streets, you know, civil disobedience, and, and all this—we're worn out. Jesus says, "Come, come, 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 in. come, come, come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest." And then He says, it. here's this meek invitation. Take my yoke upon you." learn from me. He says, I want to teach you how to be meek. Learn from me. Why? For I'm meek. I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Jesus says, I'm going to teach you how to be meek, because here's the thing. This is totally counterintuitive meekness to humanity. Human beings are not naturally meek we're loud, we're proud, we want what we want when we want it. And Jesus says, "Nope, that's not the way my followers are supposed to live. They're supposed to be meek. And you know what? In our culture, in our country today, this right here, meekness, if you and I will learn how to be meek, you talk about being salt and light in a, in a culture, that craves the spotlight, that is always promoting themselves and their latest achievement. Look at me, look at me, look at me. The meek shine like stars at night. Jesus says, learn from me. Because I'm meek. And again, many, many translations here, English translations use the word, instead of meek, it says, I'm gentle. It's really, really close. It's not exactly, but it's the same kind of... Really close, like a cousin, gentleness. Now think about this. Jesus says he was meek and lowly of heart. Think about this for just a minute. Let me just unpack this. First of all, it says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke, actually, maybe you've seen this if you've gone in sometimes like steakhouses. uh, They'll have like a a wooden yoke, maybe for for oxen, you know, or or, or something like that up on the wall. Uh, a, A yoke is a wooden bar that's used to bring two oxen together in the field so that they can work side by side. In other words, Jesus is saying, work with me, Greg. Work with me. He's saying to you, work with me. Learn from me that work side by side together, they would have more power than they would ever have alone. And and Jesus is saying, if you'll learn to work side by side with me, if you'll learn meekness, you'll find more power available to you every day of your life if you'll learn meekness from me. Obviously, we're not on the same page as Jesus, are we? Because we think meekness means timid or, or, or weak. But Jesus said of himself, I'm meek. And think about it, Jesus was far from a doormat. He wasn't spineless, he wasn't some sort of a pushover. Think about the things that he did for just a minute. Jesus saying, learn from me, I'm meek. But let's just remind ourselves a little bit of what we see as we read the Gospels in the Bible about Jesus. First of all, in the synagogue, he healed a man with a withered hand. Doesn't sound weak to me, does it? Does it to you? He healed a man. The Pharisees were given in the business because he did it on the Sabbath. And Jesus tells them, you've got your priorities totally out of whack. He challenges the, the religious people of the day because he heals a man on the Sabbath. And he really gets kind of ticked off with them. But he was meek. He was meek. Also, you know, read sometimes like Matthew chapter 23, where, where Jesus goes toe-to-toe uh, with the religious leaders, and, and he calls them things like hypocrites, whitewashed tombs. Uh, you, you know, he said, you're, you're like a casket full of dead men's bones. It doesn't sound very weak, does it? But he was meek. He was meek. He said to them, you look good on the outside, but on the inside, you're just full of death. Jesus was, was gentle, but man, he was also firm. And that beautifully complemented those two characteristics. Jesus wasn't afraid to stand up for himself. That's not, what meek, that's not what meekness means. Also, you read in the Scriptures where he turned the tables in the temple and he threw out the money changers. And he said, how dare you turn my father's house into a marketplace, my father's house would be a house of prayer. He did that one time, and he was meek. Was Jesus really timid? I don't think so. Was was Jesus weak? No, I don't think so at all. I think when we look over Jesus' life, when he says, I am meek I I, I think uh, Jesus his life was full of power and strength watch this now but it was under control it was under control that's what meekness is strength under control power under control I mean, sometimes I think it's lost on us just who Jesus actually was. Uh, look, look at what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1. Just an example. I mean, this, all of Colossians chapter 1 is incredible. It talks about and describes Jesus. But, but look at what it says, Colossians. Just two verses from Colossians chapter 1. For in him, that's Jesus, all things were created in Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus who created everything. All things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. He's talking about spiritual authority. He created all of it. All things have been created through him and for him. Everything you and I see, even things that scientists, other galaxies, the solar system that, that scientists are discovering, they were made for him, and he made them. That's who Jesus was. That's who Jesus is and always has been, and always will be. He is before all things, that's Jesus, and in him all things hold together. Think about this for a minute. Jesus, the one who created everything, everything is held together. Another place it says, by the, in the Bible it says, by the power of his word. And he allowed his beard to be pulled out. And his back to be whipped. And those Roman centurions to nail him on a cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You talk about meekness? Look no further than Jesus. Strength. Power under discipline, under control, gentleness. It comes right up to before the the betrayal and the beating and the crucifixion and of course his resurrection three days later. But he's in the garden and this is the key to meekness. Jesus shows you and me. He knows what's about to happen. He knows he's going to be betrayed. He knows he's going to be beaten, flogged almost to the point of death, and then crucified after carrying his cross up the hill. In Luke chapter 22, Jesus says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Don't miss this. This is meekness. Yet, here it is. You ready? Not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was meek because he had all that power and he surrendered to the Father's will. He says, not my will, yours be done. That's meekness. Meekness never says, my will be done. Meekness says, thy will be done. That's the message of meekness, not my will. Yours be done, Lord. That's real meekness. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. See, I think sometimes we get confused of what really it means to be a follower of Christ. Does it mean commitment or does it mean surrender? Does it mean commitment or surrender? You know, we didn't really use that word commitment much in, the Ameri- in American Christianity until the 1960s. And, and we replaced that a better word, which is surrender, we replaced it with the word commitment. And they don't mean the same, and I think it's caused a lot of problems uh, in, in the Christian church of America since then. Because Jesus, over and over, he demonstrates we're supposed to surrender, not be committed. Commitment is much less than surrendering. I mean, what's the difference between commitment and surrender? Here you go. Uh, When you make a commitment, you're still in control. That's not surrender. A commitment means I commit. I am going to do this. I'm in control. And so what that means, no matter how noble the task is, you can commit to pray, you can commit to study your Bible, you can commit to give money, you can commit to make an automobile payment, uh, you can commit to lose weight. All those things, I'm in control. That's not what Jesus is looking for, for you to commit to doing stuff for him. That's not Christianity. Christianity is surrender of control. Surrender. Surrender. Not my will, but yours be done, Lord. Yours be done, Jesus. When you make a commitment, you're still in control. But surrender releases control. Surrender releases control. You know, think about this. If someone, you know, was gonna rob you, they held you up at gunpoint, you know, and they say, put your hands in the air, you don't say, I'm committed to putting my hands in the air. You know you, I surrender. I surrender. I'm giving it up. I re- I'm releasing it. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. Not committed to doing something. You surrender your life to Him. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are those that surrender their will to my fathers, they'll inherit the earth. Surrender is different. You know, I know it sounds old, but uh, there used to be this great hymn of the church, I surrender all. I surrender all. Now we're like, I surrender some kind of, maybe, when I feel like it, only on Sunday mornings. You can commit to a lot of stuff without ever surrendering anything. I think we need to get back to the simplicity of Jesus' words, surrender. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. I surrender all, not just part. Let me ask you this question right now. Have you really surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? I didn't ask if you committed your life to him. Because if you did, you're still in control. He's not. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Have you surrendered your future to Jesus? Have you surrendered your emotions to Jesus? H- have you surrendered your plans to Jesus, your finances to Jesus? Have you surrendered your physical fitness, your body to Jesus. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Surrender, not commitment. In fact, Jesus put it this way, one place in the scripture, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever's trying to control his life is going to lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake, surrenders his life, will gain eternal life. That's what meekness does. Strength under control. Not my control, his control. That's meekness. And that's what he expects of me. And that's what he expects of you. In fact, I believe that the Christian life is daily surrender. I know just even this week, I had to surrender some stuff this week. This week, I had to, I had to make a phone call to a to a spiritual father in my life and just say, I need help. I'm struggling. And I had to push past all kinds of, oh, what's he gonna think, all this stuff, and surrender and release. That's what Jesus expects every day for you and me. Not not demand, not I don't wanna hear it, We're not talking about this. We're not discussing it. That's the world. That's that's anti-Christ mindset. Jesus is meek and he's understanding. And he responds. And he wants you and I to be teachable. What is it it right now that God's saying it's time to surrender that? It's time to surrender giving your opinion on everything when nobody's asking. (laughs) And really... Nobody cares. It's time to surrender that. See, meek people don't feel like they gotta give their opinion about everything. God, what do you think? That, that's, what I, that's where I'm putting my value. What you think. That's meekness. Boy, if we ever need meekness in our lives, we need it today. I, I love God's word because it's alive, it's timeless. It's not bound to 2,000 years ago It's right here, right now, July 19th, 2020. Civil unrest, pandemic, surrender. Surrender releases control. Meekness is about really just uh, lifting our hands up in the air to Jesus and saying, I completely surrender my life. I completely surrender my life to a gracious, loving, and merciful God. That's what meekness says. I completely surrender my life to a gracious, loving, and merciful God. That's the language of meekness. Not, I demand my rights, listen to me, I'm really a big deal, Uh, Have you read my book? Promote myself? No. I've got it right. Everyone else is wrong. No. Meekness. I completely surrender my life to a gracious, loving, and merciful God. I give up. I give it all to you. Jesus said that this is absolutely foundational ingredient to living a blessed life. And most of us, many of us, are struggling today because we're trying to stay in control. And Jesus says, blessed are the meek, blessed are those that have strength, power, influence, authority. and they're under the control of the Holy Spirit instead of a law to themselves. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. See, there's something more in this that I think is important to point out, and that's this. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Turn all the way back and beginning of the Bible. What is it that God formed Adam from? The Bible says, God formed Adam from the dust of the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit what? The earth. Blessed are the meek, strength under power, strength under discipline rather, strength under control, not of myself, but under the Holy Spirit's control. Blessed are the meek. They'll find control over their emotions, over their anxious thoughts, over their fear, over their earthen vessel. If if they'll be meek and reach out and say, not my will, yours be done, Lord, they'll be blessed and they'll inherit the earth. They'll really have control by the power of the Holy Spirit over all the things that are going on inside of them. Not only that, but in eternity, 100 quadrillion years from now, they will also inherit the earth through meekness. And so, let me end by putting it this way. The meek are blessed and will inherit the earth, not the proud, not the loud, or the crowd. That's what Jesus expects of me. That's what Jesus expects from you if you say you're a follower of Christ, a Christian. If he's your Savior and Lord, he says, c- 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 come to me. Learn meekness from me. Take my yoke. Come, along, come alongside me. we got some work to do, Greg. we got some work to do. And you're going to find rest for your soul as you allow me to be in control instead of you. I'm going to ask right now would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we need you. I need you. Lord, Lord, when it seems like everything around us is just spinning out of control right now. The future seems so uncertain. The next few months just seems so unclear. God, if there was ever a time that we needed true meekness in our hearts, it's today. And so, Father, I pray by the gentleness of your Holy Spirit, Lord, you would just convict us as instead of living lives of meekness, we've, we're allowing pride and anger, resentment, bitterness, worry, fear, anxiety, really harbor in our hearts. Father, may we yoke up with Jesus that we would say just like he said, not our will, not my will, yours be done. And we would allow your gentle Holy Spirit to cause us to become more like Jesus who is meek and learn from Jesus. Thank you for this great promise of blessedness for anyone and everyone who would surrender, not commit, but surrender their life to Jesus and follow in his footsteps and his way by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so what I want to do right now is just lead you in a prayer. And you can repeat this prayer after me, and I invite you just to open your heart up and surrender your life to Jesus Christ today if you've never done that before. Maybe you've been a a church goer for a long time, but you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. I'm inviting you to pray this prayer after me today from your heart. Just repeat after me now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. I surrender my life to you. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And as I surrender my life to you today, Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward and I will follow you. Amen. Amen.